Blog Talk Radio. I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I want to take a moment to talk to you about a heinous crime against humanity that plagues our nation, and yes, believe it or not, communities just like yours. Here's something you can do today to lend your support in the fight against human trafficking, also known as modern slavery. For example, Tanya was only 11 when she was forced to use her body for her own survival and the perverse desires of others. Now 18, Tanya knows no other life. She can't even remember when she was able to choose how she wanted to dress. Tanya dreams of being a teacher one day, and with the help of Bridge to Freedom programs and your support, they can empower her and others like her to move from surviving to thriving. You can make a huge difference in the life of a survivor this year through your support and donations to Bridge to Freedom Foundation. Bridge to Freedom is a nonprofit organization that provides aid to survivors of slavery who now live in the U.S., such as former child soldiers and victims of sex trafficking and forced labor. The cornerstone of Bridge to Freedom's work is personal and professional development to help survivors adapt and thrive in their new lives and communities and find work to support themselves. The Bridge to Freedom Foundation needs your support to help people just like Tanya. They need your urgent action to ensure that they can continue to provide clothing and health and beauty services to these survivors. These are not only important for rebuilding self-esteem, but are crucial to finding employment. They're also in great need of storage containers and clothing racks to organize and store donations. 
While donations of needed items are vital, one sure thing that will help to stop the spread of this injustice and prevent it from thriving undetected is educating yourselves about human trafficking or slavery and knowing the signs and the proper authorities to contact if you become aware of a victim in crisis. Find out more at BridgeToFreedomFoundation.org or if you have a reason to suspect that someone may be a victim of human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center hotline on 1-888-373-7888. Multilingual call specialists are on standby 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All calls are confidential. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. You're listening to another edition of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Next up, we talk with Cassandra Clifford. She's the executive director and founder of the Bridge to Freedom Foundation. Cassandra Clifford has been a human rights activist for nearly 20 years and has spent the last six fully dedicating her life to the fight against modern slavery. She founded the Bridge to Freedom Foundation out of both passion and a need after years of serving as a nonprofit freelance writer. Cassandra's main personal objective is to bring awareness to and combat modern-day slavery in all forms. Her experiences have allowed her to develop the foundation and plan necessary to help bridge the gap in the fight against modern slavery. Cassandra Clifford, welcome back to A Measure of Truth. Well, thanks for having me on again, Michael. I appreciate it, and thanks for the wonderful introduction. I don't need to say too much more half the time. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, you guys have been busy doing a lot of work, and um, I can see the growth of your foundation, and I love how being connected to someone on Facebook really keeps you in tune to the things that are going on whenever you want to peek in. And um, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since we last spoke. Well, we have been busy trying to do a lot, and um, as you know, and maybe some of your listeners do, but we are a, a newly established organization, uh, organization, and uh you know, really we're going into, this is really our Keystone year. Um, this is last year is when we finally received our 501c3, so it was going into our, our first year was building the foundation. Second year was was getting that 501c3 and finally able to start, you know, getting the, the key funding that we needed. And this year our objective is really to move from what we have been for the last two years, which is 100% volunteer-based, including myself, mm. um, into a core-funded staff so that we are able to do a lot more work. I mean, we get a lot done for for a group of dedicated volunteers, but obviously, you know, we can better serve our community as we to make that shift into a fully funded organization. So with that said, obviously, we're, we're moving and shaking lots of different things. Um, so what we're really working on, you know, this year is to really branch out our programs and do take all that research and program development that we've been working on and do um, full-scale workshops all across the board, um, both within our region and then start branching out nationally once we get our our footing established here in the metro area. So we've we've started doing workshops and working with partner organizations and and getting everything done, but we're we're ready to to make that an, a nonstop focus so we can really service more survivors. Right, right. So, and tell us about the need for um, the kind of work that you do in this area and across the nation. Well, really what we are as an organization, what, what Bridge to Freedom does is we work to enhance and imp- 
and improve the opportunities that are available to survivors of modern-day slavery. And that includes victims of sex trafficking, child soldiers, and those into all forms of forced labor. And the way we look to accomplish this is by connecting the, both the for-profit corporations, community groups, individuals, educational establishments, um, as well as the other NGOs already working in the anti-trafficking and modern-day slavery community. Mm-hmm. Um, by all of us working together, obviously, we can have a much broader reach, but everybody has a vital and key role to play in the fight against modern-day slavery. And one of the reasons we're called Bridge to Freedom Foundation is to, to bridge all of those gaps, both for the survivors themselves as well as for the organizations who are really all faced with we're all faced with a large capacity um, issue because there's a lot more people that we need to be serving than there are resources and people available and organizations dedicated to the fight. So mm-hmm. um, what we work to do is maybe w- is to work with other organizations so that we add to what they're doing, not to take away or reinvent the wheel to what other organizations are you know, already working to do. So our goal is really focusing more on after they've been with a lot of of these well-established organizations and rescue and restore um, nonprofits such as Courtney's House, Polaris Project, Shared Hope, and others that we work with um, that sit on the D.C. Human Trafficking Task Force with us and that we're connecting with across the nation, is to really make sure that their work doesn't come undone and Mm -hmm. uh, really just add benefits to those survivors. So that's why we work as a cornerstone on personal and professional development. Our um, personal development program really is is our key program, and what we seek to give is survivors that positive self-image both internally and externally so we can assist them to sustainably advance their lives. Um, And that way that we can work with them to help them have that self-worth and empowerment that they need to to achieve the jobs and the careers and the you know the personal goals that they have as individuals and move them from a point of surviving to thriving. Right. And and it's interesting because when when you looked at this problem, you sort of seemed to me have looked at what was going on already and found that there was an area that there wasn't a focus that you could fill in. And then after you found your niche, you kept looking at other areas too that are being overlooked and making sure that you can, like you said, bridge the gap and fill in those areas by getting people to either communicate by expanding what they do or finding other ways to meet those needs as well. We do. I mean, we really seek to connect with everybody as best we can. I mean, obviously, we have capacity issues, too, and, you know, there's only so much we can all do, and it's baby steps at times. But it's really letting everyone know that whether you're an individual, a corporate entity, um, or another nonprofit that maybe isn't directly related to the human trafficking field, that we all have a role to play. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody has something that they can contribute to this fight, and it's a matter of finding what your individual voice in the fight against modern-day slavery is. And obviously you're using your voice for that fight right now by enabling organizations like us to come on your show. Um, There are people that are great writers and bloggers that can get the word out there that way. There's graphic designers. uh, um, There are corporate entities that could help us develop trainings for our survivors. Um, Also, you know, last year we had some great success working with other corporations that hosted golf tournaments for us just to raise money, and they were just Mm -hmm. able to leverage their clientele in that manner for us. So you name it, it can be done and utilized, and that's what, you know, one of our objectives is 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 to let everybody know that everybody has a key role to play. And, um, you know, if we work together, we'll get there a lot faster 
And then, obviously, within working with with the organizations, we didn't want to reinvent the wheel. We didn't want to do what others were doing. They're doing a great job at what we're doing. We wanted to see where that gap was, where were survivors, where were they missing, where, what was missing for them to enable them to, to not progress farther or to not have it as easy to get farther in advance to where they really wanted to be, I mean, be in their lives and not just get by you know what is what is it that you really dream and aspire to do and let's take a practical approach at getting each individual there but looking not only practically let's look at the individual at hand so obviously we need a lot of resources and and people involved to be able to do that Um, so that's why we have uh, not only our personal and professional development program we have a division of research and evidence-based programming, and so we as an organization believe that interacting with highly vulnerable people in populations does require an ethically sound knowledge base and continually inquiring into, into what's going on. So we basically look to not only develop workshops and programming based on what gaps we've seen or others have told us that are there or, or so forth, but also putting those into a practical timeline so we're not sitting on them and waiting forever, but we're also doing them now. We're running workshops, but we're evaluating them each step of the way and then going back and then doing it again. So we're constantly looking at our program development on both a practical and a research side. The only thing I will I will say after giving that whole interlude about you know what Bridge to Freedom does and why we came to the point of of existence it's really just I know we you gave a lot in your intro about what you know the effect of human trafficking and how broad it is and I just want to kind of quickly state that the victim profile of of a human trafficking modern slavery victim that it really is all about vulnerability and it really is indiscriminately it affects all ethnicities all races all classes all genders men women children foreign nationals and US citizens uh, whether they're documented or not documented as a foreign national, educated, uneducated, and you know, it can affect an in, uh, affect an individual or an entire family at one time. So really, the victim profile is anyone, and I think that's something we need to be aware of, um, and and just know that that you know there really isn't a person that you know could not potentially become a victim at some point in time. Um, and that's why we need to really, really work on this as a collective community so that we can, you know, end this fight. And so, you know, obviously that's why organizations like ours need to exist and our partners need to exist. So we're we're really excited to let everybody know there's a number of ways that, you know, your listeners can get involved. And you did mention some in your um, your introduction, and I did want to draw attention that we do take donations. Uh, we are trying to get away from individual clothing donations and take gift cards so we can take our clients shopping. It does make it um, a lot easier for us to do that logistically and making sure that we get the key items they really need But um, for clothing. But we do also take personal items such as perfumes and makeup and things like that. Um, but we have a number of other ways that people can get involved. One is join our Facebook page. Like you said, it really is a great way to connect. We do try to share information about all of our partners, um, news as well. You can sign up for our newsletter, but you know, our Facebook page gives you a really good insight to what we've been doing. And last week was just Volunteer Appreciation Week um, nationally, and I would love for everybody to go take a look at the video we posted up there last week and, and see some of the hard work of our volunteers and supporters over the past 
two years since we set, uh, started and really kind of give them all a thanks for what they've done to keep us going. Um, yeah. It's a labor of love to start with a piece of paper and nothing. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I took a look at that earlier today, and I saw the staff and all the great people who are working with you. And, yeah, I was just very impressed. And, you know, it's um, it's really good to see that people get it. You know what I mean? It's um. It's one of those things like, again, in the very beginning, I didn't understand the whole concept of human trafficking, and I had it all focused on, of course, what we know as um, sex trafficking, but it involves all these other types of slavery as well that I had no idea about until I um, met you and found out about your organization and about what you guys do. Give people, again, a brief synopsis of just how prevalent this is and what it encompasses. Well, um, like I said, I mean, one great way to keep in touch is obviously go to our Facebook page. They can also find my uh, writer's profile on Facebook, Cassandra Clifford, and link into some of the articles I write um, on some of the other areas. Um, but, re- you know, really in regards to there are tw- some 27 million pa- people that are held uh, in forms of slavery across the globe today. So this is this is not a small problem, and it's uh, – it's not a problem that, that, you know, as we said, it's not just far away. It's at home as well. Um, and the U.S. State Department estimates that there are about some 800,000 people trafficked across international borders each year, and about 80% of them are female, and at least 50% um, of that are children. So, I mean, you look at those numbers, and they're massive. I mean, we can break it. Unfortunately, there's a ton of statistics uh, and numbers we can go into, and I, we don't want to bore everybody and get into the numbers because it's really about fighting those numbers and going through them. And there, there are a number of things that we're, we're working to do here, uh, right here at home. And one of the things that everybody could do right now is the Domestic Minor Sex Trafficking Deterrence and Victim Support Act, which is S-596, um, which has just been initiated by Wyden, um we're trying to get that passed, so that's something everybody can call the representatives and, and let them know how important passing that bill uh, would be. And that's going to provide support services and funding um, for domestic minor sex trafficking victims here in the U.S., which is, you know, something we haven't had as much of funding under through the Trafficking um, in Persons Act that we have nationally that works more with the international victims, which is the TVPA. So that's one thing everybody can do. Other things is continue to educate themselves going to places like ours, but also um, the CNN Freedom Project has just launched, and they can find that at cnnfreedomproject.blogs.cnn.com. And CNN's launching this project out. They will have a number of resources, interviews, um, videos, documentaries, everything going forward to on all aspects of modern-day slavery. So that's a great resource that will link people into what's really going on um, across the globe and at home. Um, And then, you know, other ways is just getting involved here with local organizations such as ourselves. Um, We do have some great things coming up this year. If you just want to come out and lend your voice for a day, we've got the Run for Freedom 5K coming up on May 21st. And that's going to be at Fletcher's Cove right off there at the CNO um, Canal just off Georgetown. So we encourage people to check out our website or Facebook page for more information on that that run and come out and join us. Um, and all of the all the proceeds from that race go directly to Bridge to Freedom Foundation, and we will be using that to increase our core funding for our personal development program. We're also 
excited to announce that this year, uh, Bridge to Freedom Foundation, along with Courtney's House, a great partner and friend of ours, um, and Weave, which is uh, empowering women against uh, violence. Uh, they, they are, they've kind of had a name change, so. <laughs> and then Hips as well. We all, all four of us organizations will be the benefacting charities for the 2011 Capital City Ball, which is uh, all the proceeds from that ball go to fight human trafficking and modern day slavery, and will go to our four organizations. So we're excited to not only be part of the ball, but to be partnered up with the organizations and. There'll be a lot of events coming up leading up to that ball, which oh, is November right. the nineteenth. So everybody can mark their calendars and and get their get their dancing shoes on for for that <laughs> event. But also we'll be looking for you know the, the ball will be doing a silent auction and things like that. So there's a number of ways to get involved there. Um, as I said, it was Volunteer Appreciation Week last week, and as a 100% volunteer-based organization, we are always looking for assistance in a number of areas. So. Um, I encourage everybody to take a look at our website and see our opportunities page. We have really something for everybody on there. And like I said, whether it's getting involved with one of our events, maybe helping us host a happy hour fundraiser. We also have um, uh, an account set up with rootfunding.com where people can start individual fundraising pages. And you, you can do that online in a matter of five to ten minutes. Set up a page, wow. link to our Bridge to Freedom profile, and then you just tell your friends why you you like us or the cause mm-hmm. and encourage them to donate, you know, five, ten, fifty dollars, whatever it is that you feel you're comfortable asking everyone to do. Um, you can do it as a challenge event, quit smoking, jump from a plane, get everybody to sponsor you for the Run for Freedom five K. Whatever <laughs> it is you want to do. I did it for my birthday last year and just sent it out to all my friends and said, Give me a dollar for every year that I'm alive. <laughs> Wow! You could be creative. Those are easy ways for people to get involved, and it takes five to ten minutes, and you could raise, you know, one hundred and fifty to two thousand dollars. It just, you know, it really depends. Um, And And that's directly from your website. There's a link for that to to go ahead and and get you started with that. Yep, or they can go to rootfunding.com and put in Bridge to Freedom Foundation, and they find our profile that way. We do put it up on our Facebook um, Mm -hmm. every once in a while to remind everybody it's there. Um, so that that's an easy way to do it. You can tie that in with you know one of our events. You can challenge you know all of your friends for we you know various things. You you name it. It's up to you to decide how you want to utilize it. That's the great thing about it. It's your page and and if a you know a listener or supporter wants to do that and they would like to designate where we use the money, that's absolutely fine too. They can say they would like to raise the money specifically for um, you know said workshops or the personal development program or, um, you know, an office administrator, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need it all the way around. So there's those kind of opportunities. We, we're we also taking spring and summer interns and, and research fellows. Um, and we can never have too many people helping us with that on-the-ground fight here within the office and doing project work and um, workshop development and so forth. So there's a number of opportunities there. We're always looking for graphic designers and web designers and we are really in need for more grant writers so we can have that large scale core funding so we can do more and more work so i mean pretty much anybody could can think of ways to get involved with ourselves or, or other organizations like us oh that's great we do encourage them to check out our opportunities page you know send us an email at info at 
org if they have any questions at all or not sure if they have something that that would be a way to contribute um but we can we can definitely work with anybody and if we don't have an opportunity that this whether what they're really looking for you know we're very happy to point them on to one of our partner organizations so, yeah, that's you know, great. That, so there's there's definitely a lot of ways to get involved. You know, call your your con- your Congress reps and let them know that you'd like to see that domestic minor sex trafficking deterrent and victim support act go out. Um, come join us at the run. Get and what specific area is that on your webpage that will show them where they can contact? Um, based on give some information about this particular bill as well as. Um, we don't have as much of it on our website. We do have mm-hmm. it summarized on our Facebook page. Okay. Uh, it's one of the reasons I need it. I need some more people in the office so I can get this stuff done fast, faster from linking to. Our Facebook page, I will have to be honest and say it's a little bit more updated than our website when it comes to these daily things. We kind of mm-hmm. use it as, mm-hmm. as a blog. Uh, but they yeah. can also, you know, we link back into some of our partner organizations that do more of the lobbying um, on that bill, which would be Polaris Project and Shared Hope International. Um, both have a, a lot more. Um, but they can look the bill up on uh, GovTrack as well. Right now it's a matter of just getting that, you know, we want to get that passed. Um, so we've got some briefings up on the Facebook page, and then they can also check out our partner organizations and the bill um, text. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, as we said, there's, you know, a number of signs that they can, you know, that we went through in the beginning here and things, and you put out that hotline number, and I will give that again, and that's the National Human Trafficking Resource Center hotline, which is a 24-hour a multilingual hotline, which they can call if they um, have any tips or, um, you know, or not even 100% sure what they're seeing, call that hotline, and they will, uh, you know, get it to the appropriate authorities and disseminate that information. But that number is one eight eight eight. Three seven, three seven, eight eight eight, and I encourage everyone to put that in their cell phones right now. Um, mm, so that yeah, if you ever idea. come by some suspicious activity, you can call that. And don't worry, it's fully anonymous. Nobody's going to know if you're reporting a neighbor or it's a you know a Chinese restaurant you normally go to or a nail salon or you walked by a massage parlor or you've seen a child peddling ring on the street. Whatever it be, may be that you see, you know, use that number and call. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about being wrong or being too suspicious because the people that you're contacting are professionals and they're going to take care of it. Exactly. So, you know, it's always better to be safe than sorry. And you can always call if you're, you know, also you can call the the local uh, non-emergency line uh, for the police as well if you, you know, see anything that you're not sure of, suspicious activity, say, you know, um, you know a child pedaling ring or something that you think might be forced out um onto the streets and forced prostitution and so forth. So, you know, you know, just kind of use your best judgment to know, you know, go to a, go off a little bit, make your phone call. You know, you give as much information as you can and and they'll figure out the rest and do the best that they can with that, but never be afraid to to call and report suspicious activity or a tip. Or oh, to, you right. know, uh, you know, also to contact organizations like ourselves or the National Human Trafficking Resource Center for more information on how you can be better involved, you know. So I encourage everybody, like I said, to take a look at, at not just our sites but some of the others, you know, take a look at the CNN Freedom Project site, look at some of our partner organizations and, and the legislation that's out there. Um, 
if you've got listeners that are, you know, check out your own state. So there's a lot of states right now that are working on legislation. Find out what's going on. Texas has just strengthened their legislation um, throughout the year. We we try and put that stuff on our Facebook and in our newsletter. So please subscribe to that from our, our website as well. Um, we try and give everybody briefs on legislation as much as we can. But, you know, obviously that's not our core focus. So, um, you know, find out what's going on in your state. Contact one of the organizations, you know, if, if it's not us that has something, if you need more information, look at some of our other anti-trafficking partners and see, you know, see what's going on. Well, thank and you, Cassandra. You don't have some, you know, yeah. tell your legislators we need legislation if you're in a state that doesn't have any. All right, Cassandra. Well, thank you very much, and thank you again for all the work that you do and your great foundation. And um, we look forward to hearing from you again because, you know, before this run, you might as well get back on and um, remind us of what's going on and, um, you know, just help, you know, to drive some more um, participation in any event you've got going. We appreciate it. All right. And I look forward to coming on again. Thank you for this opportunity, Michael. Uh, Thank you, Cassandra. Kainu, which means Our House in Haitian Creole, is an organization devoted to caring for abandoned and disenfranchised youth in Haiti. Kainu was started in 2009 by Executive Director E. Joanne Richard. Kainu aims to address the physical, emotional, and academic needs of Haitian youth. Their organizational model has adapted to the challenges unearthed by the devastating January 12th earthquake, which destroyed the majority of the government's buildings and the country's already weak infrastructure. This natural disaster created tremendous challenges which adversely impact the hopes of the Haitian population and the future of the country. In addition to the earthquake, recent hurricanes and other natural disasters rendered the community unable to meet the basic quality of life needs for the majority of its citizens, especially in the rural communities. Kainu seeks to rebuild hope through education and employment opportunities, as well as create relevant and duplicatable projects that the people of Haiti will be able to manage. In addition to the youth, Kainu seeks to help the adults of Haiti with the reconstruction of schools and housing. Sponsor a child and create real, lasting change, not only for them, but for their community. For just $15, a child can receive a full uniform for the school year. Kainu believes that the uniforms will build confidence for the students and also encourage families to enroll their kids in school, knowing that they will not have to choose between educating their children over feeding their families. Become a sponsor by promoting this event via email, on Facebook, Twitter, and with your community, networks, family, friends, and coworkers. For more information, check out kainu.org. That's K-A-Y-N-O-U-I-N-C dot org. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Oh, need a minute to get something to write with? But don't worry, I'll give the number again right after the commentary. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after. 
after this. On today's show, Lamar Tyler, part of the duo Lamar and Ronnie Tyler, who are Essence.com bloggers and co-creators of the largest independent site on the web that specifically deals with marriage and parenting in the black community, called BlackAndMarriedWithKids.com. They recently produced and directed two Amazon.com best-selling documentaries, Happily Ever After, A Positive Image of Black Marriage, and You Save Me. The films have inspired a Facebook fan page with over 70,000 fans, which include over 600 pictures that couples have uploaded themselves to prove that successful African-American marriages do exist. The Tylers were recently selected by Essence as a power couple on the move on the short list of just 23 couples that included names like the Obamas, Will and Jada Smith, and Jay-Z and Beyonce. They have also appeared on both local and nationally syndicated radio, television, and print media outlets. Most importantly, the Tylers are proud parents of four children. Lamar Tyler, welcome back to A Measure of Truth. Thank you for having me back. Oh, man, you have been a busy, busy man <laughs> since <laughs> last we spoke. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, you know, just trying to trying to keep busy, and it's always a lot of work to be done, um, you know, on the web, in the community, a lot of different things. So that's what, uh, you know, we try to do is, is just keep busy with different act, different activities, different projects, and trying to keep keep the momentum going while it's there. Right, right. And now you've done, I believe, two more films since we last spoke because um, at that time it was only um, – it was around the premiere of the um, – Movie, a positive image of black marriage, happily wow. ever after. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't even you know, I didn't realize it was back then. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's just amazing how much ground it. And you know, back then you told me how popular the web page was and how many hits you guys were getting. And then to see um, your following, um, it, it's just incredible. Now, tell us a little bit about how this all came together for you. You know, I guess uh, back in uh, 2007, you know, me and my wife, it was late 2007, December 2007, and me and my wife, Ronnie, we were um, thinking about starting a blog. And, you know, what we were talking about is what's something that we were passionate about, uh, was something that four or five years down the road, if it took off, we want to still do, you know, conversations we would still want to have and feel comfortable having at that point. And, and that thing we thought about was marriage and and more particularly marriage in the African-American community. Uh, you know, we saw too many times how we didn't like how marriage was just viewed overall. And um, in our community as a whole, you know, we had the uh, lowest lowest marriage rates, the highest divorce rates, the highest out-of-wedlock birth rates. Mm -hmm. So just, just the whole institution of marriage itself is just viewed in such a negative fashion. I think, you know, in pockets of our community, there are people who don't see married people. You know, they, none of their neighbors may be married, you know, right. or maybe their mother or their grandmother or their aunts and uncles may not be married. So I think for a lot of people, they just don't view marriage as an option. So we set out with the website blackandmarriedwithkids.com in 2000, 2007, um, December that year. And like I said, ever since then, things just kind of took off. We've done a few documentaries as an extension of the blog. We had no previous experience doing films. And I think it just really goes to show you, Michael, how hungry people are um, for positive messages, you know, there, there mm -hmm. obviously aren't enough of them out there because we've been making these films and people have been supporting them. You know, we go do screenings around the country. Uh, you know, we have three, four, five hundred people come out to see documentaries. You know, these, these aren't action thrillers. They're not, you know, horror movies. Yeah. They're not romantic comedies. I'm talking about uh, documentaries, documentaries about mm -hmm. marriage, you know, documentaries mm -hmm. about manhood. And to see a theater mm -hmm. fill up, 
you know, over that kind of content shows that, you know, they say, well, drama is all that people want to see. I think I'd, you know, say exactly. otherwise. And you know what, what's really interesting to me about it? This is all about real life. And, and when you look at reality TV, it has nothing to do with real life. But you found a way to give people really what they're looking for, which is some answers, which is an, an opportunity to see some say, some situations and hear people talk about how they work things out and how they come together as a couple. So I, I was just blown away by it because of its simplicity as well as its, its the powerful message behind the film. Thank you. Thank you. And I think you hit it on the head. I mean, I think that's what what people uh, come out to see those stories. So with the second film we did, You Saved Me, you know, it was the story of eight couples, and, and it talked about the things they brought into their marriages, things that came up during their marriages, and how they tried mm-hmm. to work through them. And so many couples just came out and said they could identify uh, with the different things the couples talked about going through, you know, and how it just encouraged them to keep trying, you know, to, to not mm-hmm. give up and, and do what was required to have success in their marriages. And even so many singles, you know, people just think that, uh, you know, so all the married folks are the only ones to come out and see our films and support our projects. But when we do screenings, probably 40% of the crowd are singles. So we have mm-hmm. a lot of single people come out and say, hey, I want to see, uh, you know, what a marriage is really like. And I can't see that through Hollywood. You know, exactly. so I'm coming out to see these, these films and see these documentaries, and, and they love what they see because it gives them a, a, a transparent view into what is required to have a successful long-term relationship. Wow. Yeah, and that's awesome. And um, you saved me. Again, I, I haven't had an opportunity to see that one yet, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing that as well because you talk about a, a transition period. This is a hump that some people just don't make it past. And a lot of people can identify with the thing that broke up their marriage and may see someone else get past that and say, wow, I gave up too too early. That's definitely it. You know, and you saved me. We actually had a couple um, that had been married over 20 years, you know, had actually been separated twice. And the second time they were separated, uh, they had moved out of their house. They both were renting separate um, residences. You know, they had three um, teenage kids. During that second separation, two of the girls had gotten pregnant. Mm. So you talk about going through it. You know, so they on, on camera talked transparently about that situation. And then mm-hmm. they talked about um, not giving up. You know, the wife talked about, you know, how strong her faith had to be to get through that situation. You know, how bad she felt at, at times going to work. You know, how she didn't. Uh, everything was just kind of weighing on her with her husband and her marriage and her, you know, her family and the situation with her daughters being pregnant. Uh, but then what they also talked about is what they had to do to, to get through that other side, how they had to come back together and how they didn't give up. And, you know, how, um, you know, they, they, they finally found a, a marriage education class that gave them the tools that they needed. And those tools were, you know, able to, to help them get back together and bring their whole family back together. So you're talking about, um, a change in something not only had effect on their lives but effect on their children's lives and most likely be their children's children as well. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and Lamar, let's just put it out there. Um, to tell you the truth, what qualifies you to make this kind of film is really your relationship with your wife. And, and tell us what, what what do you think makes that relationship so unique? Um, you know, I don't, I don't even know it's unique. I think what it is is that, um, you know, long, you know, early on in our relationship, we realized that we weren't the only uh, black couple out here that was happily married. You know, there were plenty more around the country, but there was just no voice for them. So what we mm-hmm. did is we just created a platform for that voice, and the people have responded. You know, um, uh, we have a Facebook fan page with the same name as the first film, Happily Ever After. 
uh, positive image of black marriage. And, and just Sunday, we broke over 75,000 fans. It's been less than, less than two years. Whoa. Yeah, so, so you know, I mean, and this is, um, I mean, this is a page that's about marriage. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's straight up about marriage in the black community. So every day we're cross-posting content and articles um, of encouragement and articles of discussion from our main website, blackandmarriedwithkids.com. You know, we're, we're asking questions and engaging them in conversation around marriage. Um, so that's 75,000 people. I mean, that's more Facebook fans than a lot of your celebrities you'll find on TV have following them. Absolutely. It's all around this positive thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's sort of when we were talking about it last, you said it was taking on a life of its own. Definitely. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, that's, that's that's what it has done. I mean, I think we, uh, because of the work we do, you know, we, we run into great people all the time and like-minded people. And I think, like I said, so many, so many times people just need the platform to kind of connect everybody. And I, I think that's what we've been blessed to do, and that's been part of our purpose. We think we found our purpose through the work that we're doing. Um, so, you know, we've been kind of that connector where we just find uh, great people around the country that are like-minded, and we can hook people up with different people, sometimes in the same city. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we may go somewhere, and there have been cities we go to um, where there could be a great church marriage ministry, and then it's another great church marriage ministry, maybe less than thirty miles away, but the two are never connected. You right. know, and through us, then maybe we we can get people talking, or you know, get different. Uh, it's all these you know different nonprofit groups, and maybe some even federally funded that have programs in local communities, but sometimes they can't get people actually. Um, into the classes, even though they're offering them for free to help them, help their family, help the community. So what we do is we go in and do a screening. Uh, we can kind of get the word out, get the buzz going, get people in, and then we can connect them and be that resource that, that ties in the actual people with the resources in their local community that can help them. So, you know, we like I said, we really feel like that's what our purpose is, and, um, you know, that, that's what we've been guided to do for the most part. Wow. So now – Generally, everything that you've done up to this point has been really focused on, well, everything is focused on family and your relationships with your significant other. So tell us a little bit about this new film that seems to take a um, sort of a, um, a deviation. Sure. Yeah, we have a new film we just actually um, uh, released straight to DVD on April 1st, and it's titled Men Ain't Boys. And what we did is, you know, we traveled around the country. We interviewed over 45 men. We went to D.C., Atlanta, Chicago, and Houston. And, you know, we just felt like there was uh, a major misconception in the African-American community about what manhood really is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and I'm sure, uh, you know, it's largely due to the fact that we don't have enough fathers in the home, you know, with their children. So our kids are growing up and having to figure out on their own what defines a man. You know, so they're, they're um, looking at other guys in the neighborhood, you know, which may not be a good thing. They're looking at TV, at BET and MTV and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, which may not be good. So what we did is, like I said, we we pulled together 45 real men from around the country. We put them on a big screen, and they talk about uh, how they define manhood. You know, we talk about mm-hmm. fatherhood and not just mm-hmm. I love my kid because, you know, I think we're past a situation where we need way more than that. So we had these men talk about how do you show your kid that you love them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not just, you know, I, I love my woman, but, you know, if you're married, how do you show your wife that you love her so that we could, in essence, create a blueprint what manhood was so that hopefully if you don't know you're walking to that film and you know if you're doing the right thing you feel encouraged um if you're not doing the right thing hopefully you'll aspire to do more you know for for our um, single ladies that come out and support us we have a section called men versus males 
you know, because being 18 or 21 doesn't necessarily classify you as a man. It's all about your integrity. It's all about your responsibility. So we have mm-hmm. a problem. We break that down. So hopefully, um, you know, our sisters can come in and see the film and say, okay, now after seeing this, I'll know if I have a man, a male on my hands or a man on my hands, and I'll be able to make right. better decisions, uh, mm-hmm. you know, along those lines. Right, right. So it's a help for women as well in helping them to identify the 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 key factors and the real traits of a man. You know, and yeah. you can tell. Generally, you can always tell when a, when a, a young man has had a um, a role model in the household by the way he not only um, his relationships with other people, but specifically with women as well. It, yeah. it gives him um, an edge, so to speak. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, that's, you know, that's I, I think. And what we forget uh, so many times is that by fathers not being in the households, you know, we always talk about how it affects the boys, but it affects our girls in a lot of ways as well, you know. So, like, you know, a lot of times they don't get to see firsthand um, how a real man conducts himself, you know, how a real Mm -hmm. man should act, how a real man should treat a woman. So that's what we kind of wanted to lay out in this film. Because because at this point, you know, people sometimes say, okay, why do we have to spell out the things we spell out in these documentaries? Um, but I often hear it said now that common sense is no longer common. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I think Absolutely. we're at a point where we really have to define some things in our community and start kind of from square one and build back up from there. Absolutely. Hmm. I, I like that. Um, common sense is no longer common. I, I'm actually writing that down. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, when you released this film, tell me a little bit about the response for some of the people who um, went to – did you actually do this one at um, a theater here as well? Yeah, yep, yep. We uh, we did a uh, our, our main um, release uh, location was in D.C. We did the Avalon mm-hmm. Theater in D.C. Uh, yes, a few I days remember before, that. Yeah, before the first, and uh, you know, we we probably had you know somewhere between three hundred seventy-five to four hundred people come out to, like I said, to see the documentary on a weeknight. You know, and, and that's strong in and of itself because what you have to realize a lot of people come see our films are uh, in that thirty to forty year old age group, so a lot of them actually have children. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about, you know, getting daycare to come out to see a documentary on a weeknight, that's a big thing. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it was an amazing response, you know, and we actually did a grassroots screening like we, we did with You Save Me, where mm-hmm. um, that weekend we had 16 different locations around the country that actually screened the film. Um, some uh, community-based nonprofits, we had some theaters do it. Uh, we had, I think, about three or four universities actually come online and do screenings for um, their students. So, you know, like I said, about 16 um, different screenings. We did D.C., then we actually flew out to Dallas the next day and did Dallas that weekend. But, I mean, people were were blown away, and the response we got is that it's just this type of thing is just so needed in our community, you know, and so necessary. And and um, I, I think that's I've really been our charge to other people is that a lot of times we can create these films, you know, we can, we can show them, but a lot of times the people that come out to see them are not really the people who need to see them the most. Right. And, you know, th- those people who probably need to see them the most aren't the kind aren't the kind of people who come out to see a documentary on a weeknight. So yeah. what we always ask a p- few people to do is actually get a copy of the documentary themselves, take it home, and they might not come to a theater or to a church to see it, but they'll come to your house. You know, they'll come to a cookout, mm-hmm. they'll come to an mm-hmm. event, they'll mm-hmm. have an event, and then you kind of take it into the community and, and that whole mantra again about, you know, being being the change you want to see. Well, you know, we have to be the change and those change agents and, and affecting our own community because we have – family members, we have friends, we have neighbors, um, you know, that need to see these types of projects. 
Absolutely. And I was just going to ask you, um, are, are you still doing screenings now? Is there a way, like, say, for instance, someone is connected with uh, an organization like a boys club or something like that, that um, could, you know, possibly have a venue where a large number of our youth that really need to see this would have that opportunity? Um, are you still doing um, screenings for folks? Yes, yeah, actually we are doing screenings. If somebody wanted to come online and actually host a screening, um, they can get all the information on the website for the film. The, the website is www.menaintboys.com. com. is information on how you can host a screening. Um, it's, it's other screening dates and information. Uh, you can actually buy a copy of the film there. Uh, like I said, we are actually selling the film online as well. And, and just like I said, it really has to be a community effort to change a lot of the things that have gone wrong in our community and it's mm -hmm. get to a point now to where we need to fix them before it comes too late. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Because um, it only takes a few years before our youth get to a point where they're out there and misguided and they're to a point where um, without direction, you know, their um, path is, is just, you know, you know, it's just a dead end, you know? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And there's nothing that they're going to pick up unless someone comes and reaches out and um, gives them a hand and helps to show them a, a better way. And um, our young people really need that. And a lot of adults are afraid to take that step and try to connect with some young person. And uh, you really need to um, let that go and just make an effort and see what happens, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, I think you, again, you know, hit it right on the head. That's that's it. You know, we all have to, uh, you know, kind of reach out in some way or another. I think at the end of um, the film Men Ain't Boys, you know, one of our experts talks about how, you know, decisions we make, we aren't the ones who pay for those decisions. It's the generation mm. after us that does. Right. So, you know, like I said, if we want to see that change, we really got to start feeding in um, uh, to the generations here now so that that change can be reflected in them and in, in the generations that follow. Mm, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's, that's great. And um, you're, you're doing really good work. And um, have Thanks. you established a nonprofit or, um, as well to, to continue uh, to do what you do? Or how, how are you um, incorporated? Yeah, we, we, uh, we're just a uh, regular corporation. We're not an actual nonprofit yet, but we do mm -hmm. actually work hand-in-hand -hand with a lot of um, nonprofits. Actually, you know, I, I spoke offline. I told you I actually moved to um, outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, late last summer, so mm, we're actually mm. doing a screening here next month um, with a nonprofit organization um, called Men's that that helps to to um, you know get men who are in the community um, you know back into work back into the workplace back into the workforce. So like I said, you know what we pretty much do is, is partner up with nonprofits that are in local communities all around the country to help and facilitate them to do what they need to do. Wow! Wow! And that's awesome, man. And, um, you know, where, where did you get this drive and this energy to reach out and make this world a better place and, and you know, have an impact on the African-American community the way you do? Um, where, where does this come from? You know, like, like I, I mentioned before, I think it was just more so a, a passion about these type of topics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what Ronnie and I were able to do is, is just by pursuing our passion, we were able to, you know, really find what our purpose is. You know what mm -hmm. we feel like our purpose is, and you know, absolutely, and, and just you know the things and the opportunities we've been blessed with, and the doors that keep opening up, just kind of reaffirm that you know we're definitely on the right track. We're definitely doing you know what we're supposed to be doing, mm -hmm. um, and, and it's an amazing you know I tell people all the time it's an amazing feeling. Um, you know, I was on a panel about social media, about fathers that, that blog and things like that for social media, and they they talked about 
you know, some of the impacts of, of the web and social media and things like that. And I said, you know, it, it's great having all these different kind of sites, and I actually run a few different sites. But I said, it's nothing like being able to go on Facebook in the morning and post, uh, you know, you could just post something simple like, you know, don't give up, keep trying, you know, seek help if your marriage needs it, and somebody to come back and say, I felt like giving up today. But, mm-hmm. you, know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, just reading that, you know, reminded me that, that I need to keep trying and reminded me that, you know, it's, it's more at stake than just, you know, me and my spouse, you know, it's my children and my grandchildren and things down the line that could happen. So, you know, we haven't done all that we can do to keep this thing together. So, I mean, just just powerful, amazing things like that are, are what we run into, um, almost commonplace, really. So, I mean, it, it's a very humbling experience. And like I said, it just reaffirms that, I mean, this, this is, we feel like it's really our purpose for being here. Absolutely. And, you know, that's really important that you say that, too, because, you know, a lot of times we, we start on a path and we want to do good and it gets shaped and it gets pushed into another direction until you get it right. But when you hit that mark, that's when things take off, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, and and it's just, you know, I, I call it a success story because these are the things that give you peace in life. These are the things that help you to really say that I lived my life and, and I made a difference. And those are the things that, you know, give you that comfort, lets you know that you're not just someone, you know, taking life for granted and going along for the ride. And I just commend you for what you're doing, man. You and your wife, I mean, it's just amazing. And um, I, I'm just blown away every time I take a peek at what you guys are doing and have um, achieved and how things are going for you and the momentum you've gathered. So um, just keep doing what you're doing, and um, we, we just all appreciate what you guys are doing. Yeah, thank you so much, and I really appreciate you having me on the show again. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. And as soon as you do something else, and it will be soon, I know it, you be sure <laughs> to get back to me, man. Cause, um, I definitely will. I definitely will. Yeah. Well, well thanks a lot, Lamar. I really appreciate you um, taking the time out today, and we look forward to hearing from you again real soon. Okay, thank you. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about Young Lives DC 34. Young Lives is a unique, cutting-edge, nonprofit Christian organization designed to empower and equip pregnant and parenting teen moms to become productive citizens in the community, a program that partners teens and mature Christian women to provide teen girls in crisis with timely encouragement, guidance, and ongoing support. Through the power of presence, Kids' and teens' lives are dramatically impacted when caring adults come alongside them, sharing God's love. Because someone believes in them, they begin to see that their lives have great worth, meaning, and purpose. This is just the first step in a lifelong journey. The choices they make today, based on God's love for them, will impact their future decisions, the careers they choose, the marriages they form, and the families they raise. And all of this can be traced back to the time when a Young Life leader reached out and entered their world. For more information or to get involved, check out their webpage at www.younglives.younglife.org. Or if you're in the D.C. metropolitan area, call 202-399-7017. 
Well, Truth Seekers, we just come to the end of another show, and I want to say special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, and Lamar Tyler and Cassandra Clifford for popping by and sharing uh, a great deal of wisdom and knowledge and awareness with us. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. Yeah.